1: Hail, Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm fine, Josh. Thanks for asking. Just
0: waiting by the phone here, waiting to get the call from Chelsea that we will be a further extension of their massive <laughs> American marketing campaign for yeah, Chelsea and we the States.
1: We were part of the add-ons to that deal, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, Christian Pulisic and uh, Always Cheating are, are coming as a package deal. Sort of like when you join the military. Uh, I think they had some deal in the military where if you're good friends with somebody and you join at the same time, they'll put you in the same platoon. No problem. Do
1: you you remember when you had every American when they reach 18 has to register for the draft? And do you remember, did you get a a BIC Mach 3 when you did that? It was like a prize for for (laughs) registering for the draft. I I may have.
0: I may have Vietnam. My parents were always talking about Vietnam for some reason (laughs) in the household. Much like all baby boomers, and I was ter- <laughs> I was so terrified of the draft, even though I knew it was it was like one hundred percent impossible that I would ever get drafted. But right. uh, I blocked all that stuff out of my memory.
1: <laughs> uh, Brandon, uh, we are through the holidays, through the festive fixtures. Uh, we saw an amazing match uh, on Thursday—a match that you and I did a full media blackout for. It was amazing that it actually worked. That both of us it worked. I had no idea, I genuinely had no idea what was happening. There were a couple of times that so i I put the phone in airplane mode for so the, you know, this game for anybody obviously we're you know we're Americans recording this podcast in New York game was on at three p m on a thursday i I'd been out of the office for like twelve days, you know since like the twentieth of December. There was just no way I could take two hours in the middle of the afternoon and watch this game so um, you
0: could can pay, pay, uh, play a uh, Mezit Ozel and say you had back spasms.
1: Yeah, exactly, a phantom knee injury or something. <laughs> I, I decided not to go that route, and so um, I did, did the airplane mode. And then um, at work, I just I just tried my best not to um, like not to pop onto Twitter, which is like you know it's like. Everyone, I don't know if you're like me, Brandon, you have like a million tabs on your computer, yep. you mm-hmm. know. And just absentmindedly, I'm constantly opening the Twitter tab, you know. And so I yeah. <laughs> kept doing you that. You see the
0: little number in parentheses, and you have to see what that's all about. What <laughs> exactly? Is this? What exactly. are the 238 uh, new <laughs> tweets
1: that I've missed? Exactly. So um, I I did a, a full blackout. Watched the match. It was it was obviously incredible. Um, You know, Lee Sané too. I mean, it was a. Um, it was a match that like it was really only once the match was over that I could even really think about the fantasy implications of it because it was so you know it was I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter a couple days ago there was it was a, it was a pure watch and a match with a ton of fantasy assets in it I mean obviously yeah. like you know b- virtually everybody has um, has uh, Mo Salah but then you had this mix of you know you have Sterling and you have Firmino uh, Robertson TAA like tons of fan like you know most people had two or three players in that match if not more. Um, and so, uh, you know, Sonny really came through, uh, with that late goal. Um, it was, it was, it was hard to even like celebrate the, I, I don't know how I feel about my worry is still that like, not, I don't want to get too like off fantasy here. But my worry is still that Liverpool is going to like really struggle to hold off Man City, you know? And it, so I was like, Well kind of wanted that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I wanted that seven-point cushion, the ten-point cushion. Not that I don't like Man City, but I just, you know, Liverpool's never won the title, like the fans or so. It's kind of, it's a little bit like Leicester a couple of seasons ago, where it's kind of hard not to get, you know, um, kind of sucked into the excitement about it.
0: Definitely. Uh, Liverpool are kind of like Luke Skywalker going through the Death Star Trench. We're very much, our uh, our breath is held and we're rooting for Salah to shoot the ball into the exhaust port of the Death Star and blow it up. <laughs>
1: exactly and almost yeah, happened I was, too yeah never never a huge I, save at the end
0: I was actually really surprised just – so the, the media blackout was a success for both of us. What I found actually harder than switching everything off prior to watching the match at home was not looking at my phone while watching the match. I'm so trained to yeah. follow live events on Twitter or just like look at my FPL team as the games are unfolding. So that was yeah. the huge challenge. I So on top of that, you're, you're not aware of how the uh, BPS is – playing out during the match just watching Sane play I don't think he looked bad but he was losing possession a lot lots of misplaced passes and I yeah um firing up the bonus points after I watched the replay I was kind of surprised to see he was on all three bonus
1: kind of easily right and I guess he got the goal scoring you know he got the um
0: the, game the goal. goal
1: bonus. But even then, I think he was a little ahead in, in bonus points. And I guess he didn't miss a lot of big chances. Um, Aguero, mm-hmm. Aguero did. I think that was probably part of it. Aguero also lost possession a few times. Um, so I think that was part of it. you know Robertson ended up picking up in a, a bonus point too. I, I agree that well, there 's a site called um, a new PLA.net that i 'm sure a lot of people use and um, so obviously you know you can just use the site itself now to track bonus points, but it only gives you those sort of top players and because i 'm an obsessive nerd, I like to know where every single player like all eleven players in both teams are in terms of bonus points and i 'm just yeah. like i, I 'm like every seven minutes, I feel like I refresh that page and I go and i I, I check in everybody. So I, I felt the same way where I was like, God, I, I don't really know what's happening in fantasy right now. And I was even like, you know, Mo Salah at the end, you know, almost scores a goal. And I was like, well, how many, would he have gotten a bonus point if he's, I should just assume no when it comes to Mo Salah. <laughs> but, but he to, just to wasn't it, on the ball yeah. all
0: that much during that match. So yeah. Liverpool just really struggled to attack during yeah, the entire ex- match.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that, not something I, th- I think we'll see much more uh, from them this season, especially the way they played the last few weeks. But to to bring it back to fantasy, um, so I get the the Sane goal and then the three bonus points. Then I end up finish on ten points from him, uh, and it caps off what ends up being a, a really phenomenal festive weekend for me, or a festive you know two weeks or three weeks or however long that stretch is. I don't know when you know, it technically starts. Like game week. For a long time, Josh. It's a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> so um, I finished on fifty six points. Um, and my overall rank, actually, I did. I had a small red arrow, but I dropped to uh, 9,001 in the world. Um, I think I dropped like 130 spots. Um, so obviously, um, you know, that that just, I'm very happy to try water once I'm sort of in the top 10K. You know, it's like once you get in, you just want to like do anything you can to stay in. You know, so it was a weird, incredibly unbalanced team for me this week, though. I, uh-huh. had, um, I had Sané, Aubameyang, and Kane. And that was it. I had those three players, and then I had eight blanks. I had uh, I had one-pointers from all four of my defenders. Uh, that's the brutal, doub- man. The double up on Patricio and Doherty um, was a massive failure. Again, second time in, in three game weeks that they lost a clean sheet after the 80th minute, which is just uh, so brutal.
0: Somebody's out there loading
1: these clean
0: sheet points after the 60th minute <laughs> when that's a no-no. You know, that's second, bad guys. luck.
1: Quit loading this clean sheet points. Uh, Lucas Dean, a very disappointing one-pointer from him. It was one of those – it's not that I need him to, like, get goals and assists, but it would be nice if he occasionally could get a clean sheet too. You know, it's like yeah. – his last clean sheet was back in game week 13 at home to Cardiff. Jeez, so that's a
0: long time ago.
1: It, it is a long time ago. Yeah, that is what – that is um, – I don't have the date here. I think that was back in November. So um, Easily. Yeah. Easily, yeah. So – that's a little frustrating. And then and then Trent Oaks and Arnold got a one-pointer there. I, that one is fine. Um, he actually created a bunch of chances. I thought he looked really good in that match. Um, there was some
0: incredible yeah. chemistry between him and, Robertson, and Robertson just uh, yes. launching the ball back and forth to each other. Uh, exactly. Yeah. He basically
1: created yeah. the first goal. He sure um, did, yeah. So, yeah. So getting the one-pointer for him was not – it wasn't too disappointing. But what was annoying is that Juan uh, Basaka was my fifth defender. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I think I just, you know, that was the, that was a case of, um, having a little too much faith in Jimenez or just, you know, I mean, this was coming right off, you know, Wolves winning three, one at Spurs. And I think, um, uh, I might've just been a little biased because of that match, you know, and maybe logically, you know, Wambasaka should have been my third defender. So anyway, 56 points though is, you know, perfectly fine, you know, really, you know, delighted to be, to be into the top 10 K. Um, basically I think when we started recording these, Best of Fister podcast, I was around maybe 50. I'd fallen maybe to 50,000 in the world, something like that. Maybe it was, uh-huh. um, you know, 56,000. I'm looking back, 56,000 in game week 15. um And then, you know, four out of five red arrows or four, four out of five green arrows to get up to uh, the top 10K. And that's where I've been the last two game weeks. So, um, yeah, so very you know very exciting. You know, getting Paul Pogba early was was kind of the the move that that like really did it. And then and then keeping the faith of Sané was really important too. So I've actually got two transfers going into game week 22, and uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But I'm thinking about making a very like just like holding firm at the team and making a very boring goalkeeper transfer. Uh-huh. So um, so yeah, let's let's table that for now. How was your game week, Brennan?
0: I had a great game week, 70 points, uh, finished, uh, I guess, 16 points above the game week average, captained Aubameyang, and he was my move this week, dropping Aguero for Aubameyang. Uh, Didn't know how, you know, of course, how the score was going to settle with the City-Liverpool match, and I thought, go for for the safer option. I do Mm -hmm. like Aubameyang long-term here. We're going to talk much more about premium strikers in the heart of this podcast, so stay tuned for more there. Hungman's son. Uh, speaking of the military draft, Josh, son <laughs> <Hong> Sun, <Min-sun, laughs> yep. uh, about to play for South Korea and the Asian Cup. So we're going to have to say goodbye to him. But he was my Pogba-esque transfer during the festive period and has been great scoring goals very consistently. And I think we all had to hang on to him for at least one more match for Manchester United. But 13 points from him and then... Fraser pops up with his monthly contribution to my fantasy <laughs> mm-hmm. team with a big yep. twelve pointer, and Robertson with the assist. So seventy points that brings me back up. I, I had fallen far coming into December. I was where you, where you were, Josh. I was in the top ten k, somewhere between six and nine k. And uh, around Christmas Eve, I dropped all the way down to forty six k overall. Just had some really terrible uh, transfer lock. And now yeah. I'm back to still
1: pretty, still pretty good. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing to be. Yeah. But obviously once you get into the top 10, you know, you, you, you shift your expectations, right. Once you get into the top 10 K. Yeah. Know, we did so, touch suddenly, upon this yeah, last
0: week yeah. where it is kind of, it, it is very contextual or relative depending on where you are. Obviously if you're, you know, 150 K overall, you died to get into the top 50 K. So, um, right, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade. There at anybody? <laughs> no, no, but but feels good to be on my third green arrow running and sixteen thousand nine hundred thirty three overall in the world, and um, yeah, feels it feels overall like it was uh, a challenging festive period, ultimately fulfilling, and I feel pretty fortunate to stay where I am.
1: Yeah, I think I think both of us both of us feel that way. It's it's nice. It's a rare season when you and I are both having a good year. I think it makes it a lot easier to record the podcast. It's a lot easier for us to even text each other about matches. Uh <laughs> yeah, we, normally... we we even
0: have <laughs> go so far as to have fun with each other. Exactly. Uh, it's just incredible. That's incredible. It's a
1: r- rare change. Yeah, it's a change in our friendship dynamic a little bit. Um so yeah, uh we'll talk a little bit more about gaming 22 in a minute. Uh January transfer window. Um all right, just in a, in a few words, Brandon, uh, I'm going to list out four transfers, okay? And you can tell me if you're in or out on them, okay? Okay. Um, and this can be over a long, a longer, you know, let's say by, are you in on them like at any point in the second half of the season, right? Maybe not necessarily. Yep. You're looking to bring them in, you know, in the next game week. Uh, uh-huh. Dominic Solanke.
0: Uh got to say I'm out on this guy short term. Uh, he is priced 47 If Callum Wilson ends up making a move potentially to Chelsea, then Mm -hmm. my eyebrow raises a little bit because Bournemouth's attack is pretty sexy. Uh, We'll get to their defense in a moment, but uh, 4.7 for a focal point on a really good attack. If it all pans out with the Wilson transfer, then maybe come February, March, we could be talking about it. What about you?
1: Yeah, very much out right now, obviously, because of the injury. He also lacks match fitness. So I, realistically, I, I don't know that he even is a starting contender until March. I mean, the guy's only scored one goal in the Premier League, you know, his career. So, you know, but who knows? I mean, you know, someone like, um, uh, what's I've his, his name right now? The um, Give me uh, a hint. The, uh, the striker, the, uh, the out-of-form striker for Liverpool. Um, yeah. Oh, Daniel Sturridge? Daniel Sturridge, thank you. Um, I don't <laughs> know why <laughs> I, I I talked about him like he was the most obscure player in the world. A, a very famous player, to, you ever anyway. Heard of this guy. <laughs> the, the point is, Daniel Sturridge was a player who was kind of under the like when he first came into the league. He was like, a, you know, he didn't really like come out of the gate super hot. I mean, obviously, there's the. You know, once he started to click with with Suarez, but, you know, before that he was like a Chelsea striker. I guess he was, what, Man City, then Chelsea, and he was out on loan. And um, so, you know, I think, you know, it does take a while sometimes. These these guys don't all burst out of the gate at 18 as, you know, premier players. So um, I think Slunke could be an interesting person, but, yeah, probably more like we're talking at the 2019-20 season, you know. And I think it's safe to assume that Ken Wilson will probably be moving on to a bigger club if not this january than than you know, yeah in the summer
0: the uh, okay uh so the next transfer we want to talk about josh is nathaniel klein also liverpool to bournemouth Bournemouth's defense is terrible uh among mm-hmm. the worst in the league but yep. here we have an established right back cheap at 4.4 uh, 4 million in out
1: yep well it's interesting. I mean, I'm not completely out. My instinct is to kind of just be out on all these players, <laughs> just like out, out, out. Um, he is – he's been playing a little bit more. I think that's encouraging. I mean, he's played um, – I guess he played four of the last five matches. Now, granted, he didn't get a ton of minutes, but the fact that he was even – like had enough fitness to play any minutes I think is encouraging for him. So – um, I mean, the problem really is Bournemouth's defense is... Okay, so obviously you know Bournemouth's defense isn't good. They bring in a good defender. Does that suddenly make their defense better? <laughs> I don't think... No. The, the, the issue is that they're kind of like a mini Man City in a way. Like, they... Know, go on. Well, this is... You know, they really... I, I, I don't actually have possession stats. I my, my instinct is that they control possession a fair amount in most of the matches. Obviously, when they're playing one of the bigger players in the, one of the bigger teams, they probably don't, but like, you know, in a like, they're like a mid table version of that where it's like when they're playing a lesser team, they control the possession, they've got the ball a lot. Um, but they do sort of open themselves up to the break a little bit, mm-hmm. right? They're not a, they're not a team that's going to scrap out a bunch of one nil wins, right? Their, their goal is to, this is why they're so fun to watch, right? This is why everybody kind of likes Bournemouth. um, you know, so I just think that opens as much like Man City, that kind of attacking style does open you up to counterattacking goals. And um I feel like that's I don't know. You know, honestly, I just haven't like I my like I just don't like Borman's defense. I don't trust it. Um I also don't think they're very good on set pieces. Um obviously Nathaniel Klein's not gonna help with that. Um, <laughs> he may take I, a know, few. He may take yeah, a few. My yeah, my issue. So, yeah. my, my
0: my favorite part about this Nathaniel Klein story is Neil Warnock absolutely losing his mind.
1: Oh, and he is saying, just out it. <laughs> he's a disgrace. Yeah. Warnock. Yeah, give, like, give me a break, Warnock. Like this is like he did the same thing last year with uh, with Nuno uh, when they like celebrated on the pitch after they won a big match against them or something. He's like he's like it's a disgrace. Like he's just calm down, dude. Like this is you know. <laughs> Give like, yeah, like it a right. rest.
0: Who's next? Who's next? Who's, right, the next, right, who's uh, next? Big transfer uh, in the January window. Yeah.
1: Jason Punchin to Huddersfield. So everyone kind of got
0: uh, got a little excited when this was announced late last week and that mm-hmm. he is 4.2, big make, yep. weight, make weight, fifth mm-hmm. midfielder, uh, particularly with Aaron Moy having injury troubles. You could see Punchin stepping in and filling a similar role. The issue is... We haven't seen much from Jason Punchin in seasons, and right. he's out of form. And Huddersfield are also terrible, and they're going down. So, right. uh, I mean, I, this is from someone who has fi, uh, Phil Billing, another Huddersfield midfielder, as his fifth midfielder. Yeah. But that doesn't, that doesn't fill me with great confidence and joy. So right, Punchin is only, not an improvement.
1: He's only five years removed from a seven-goal season. So you know, think about that. It's only been sixty months since he last had seven goals in a year. His, so. his
0: famous uh, butt wipe goal celebration.
1: <laughs> I think it was around that time. I can't remember that. Was that with? Was he always with Palace? Was he? Was he at Southampton? Was that 1. when he was on 2? Southampton? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, I, well, I mean, why not, right? I mean, how often do you play? I mean, some, I know some people will play five through the middle. Um, I I don't, and. Um, I have 4.2, I mean, they wouldn't bring him in if they weren't going to play him, right? It's not like Huddersfield have this, like, overabundance of attacking midfielders who just absolutely need to play, right? I mean, outside of, outside of Philip Billing, I feel like you could just kind of bring him in over any – I mean, they're going down, you know? Like yeah. They might well, as this well. Is shades,
0: of, yeah. it, shades of the documentary everyone is talking about, Sunderland Till I Die, and they talk about the transfer window in this documentary of the problem is – we could we could buy some players. The problem is no one wants to come here because our club is right. toxic. We're going down. What does that mean for your career if you're if you're coming here? And there is no in, there's no uh, reason for these guys to move. And Jason Punchin just smacks of that kind of transfer of the guy whose career is effectively over. But if right. there's a, a, a width of a starting spot, he's going to go. I don't think it improves yeah. the team at all.
1: I mean, you know, I don't really want to have Philip Billing, and he's only 0.3 million more, you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, that, it just depends on how much, like how important that 0.3 is for you and how much you're going to stretch it. I mean, you know, honestly, I think it's a reasonable thing. If I was wildcarding, I'd probably bring punchin in, um, right? I mean, stick him, on the, stick him in that fifth slot. You know, I mean, how many points are you really going to get out of that slot anyway? I mean, he's an attacking player. He's... Scored yeah. more than five goals. He scored five or more goals, I think, three times in his career, maybe four. So I mean, you know, they need someone like him. I I I think it's like it's fine. I mean, it's not I don't think you're gonna win your mini league because of him, but he's like a decent enabler. So sure, why not?
0: Yeah, last thing last thing you can say is if you're playing four max midfielders, really what you're looking for in your fifth mid spot is just somebody who plays, someone who's probably gonna be two points every week. So if that's your yep. style, then punching is is cool.
1: Uh, final one, uh, Samir Nasri to West Ham. Now, you've already transferred him in. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about that, Brandon.
0: Well, to burn four on Samir Nasri, some people would say that's rash, but I just say uh-huh. that's good FPL management. And, <laughs> you know, you're you're what, like 7,000 places higher than me. If I want to make up ground, I think Nasri is really the Nasri. only way I can do that. Yeah, you that's really need Nasri. True. Uh yeah, he played 58 minutes against Birmingham City in the FA Cup. So he's hitting the ground running. But yep. I mean, throw this guy well, in the, in the same garbage bin with um with uh, Jack what's his yeah, what's ex- his name? Jack Wilshire. Jack
1: <laughs> Wilshire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's West Ham is the perfect place for for him right now. West Ham is where every every player who like just is just can't find a home. It's like it's like a weird it's it's I guess it's it's like a little it's like the English. Well, I mean, I guess he's French. I don't know. It's like a lot. Of, well, I was, there's I was a Pellegrini connection Oh, there is the Pellegrini connection. That's true. Uh, it yeah. reminded me a little bit of uh, Stoke in the last couple seasons where they were like, "Sure, you can't. It's not working out somewhere else. Like, just come to Stoke. Like, come come hang out here for a while." Um, yeah. I mean, five point five million. And We were obviously joking about you bringing him in. Um, is I mean, <laughs> that's like a million more than he should be, right? I mean, would you? I mean, at 4.5 million, I guess I would maybe consider him. At 5.5 million, uh, he will never be in my team, and I would and I Mm -hmm. would certainly never advocate for anyone bringing him in. I mean, this is just like it's like just a classic example of like a player who's famous. You know, it's like he's like I guarantee you there are players. On a, a, plenty of other clubs, they're going to produce, like, in that price bracket, are going to produce many, many more points than he is at 5.5 million. Yeah. I mean, David Brooks is probably going to outscore – David Brooks is 0.5 million cheaper. Probably yeah. outscore him by 40 points this season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a good point. I mean, Nasri was a great player at Arsenal and had some great moments in Manchester City. But really the, the only upside here with FPL this season at West Ham is can he help – Arnautovic assuming he stays healthy or can get help get really healthy and how does he impact Felipe Anderson because those are the only two West Ham attackers you should even be
1: considering at this point that's true yeah yes yeah, the Snodgrass moment was it was fun and now it's over it was all too short
0: <laughs> okay, speaking sure. speaking of fun, let's jump to the always cheating Super League, uh 5000 plus managers strong. I think we we crossed 5500 managers in the Super League now. Never too mm-hmm. late to join, but we'll just run down the top 10 real quick, starting at the bottom in 10th place, Dima Czernik in 9th place, Marin Vulicic, 8th place, Alex Suarez, 7th, Steve Cool, Martin Uwer in 6th place, 5th place, it's Matthew Shannon, 4th place, Fabio Borges. Moving up to third place, it's Crick McCart- sorry, Chris McCartney and uh, Jason Mann in second place. New number one, Miroslav Pujic. Josh, Miroslav is having a great season,
1: is he not? Yes, he is. He's ranked number three in the world overall. That is so fantastic. Congratulations to you, Miroslav. In fact, everyone in the top five of the Super League is ranked in the top 100 in the world. Uh, and Alex Suarez just became a Patreon supporter. So thank you to Alex uh, that is very cool, um, you know. I like that the, the idea that you you crack the top ten and you still need the Always Treating podcast. You know,
0: you didn't just go off and start your own podcast.
1: Yeah, you don't crack the top ten and then immediately cancel all your Patreon subscriptions because <laughs> I gotta, don't need this anymore. I'm here. Yeah. I got where I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but th- thank you to Alex. Uh, in fact, um, that, uh, let's let's talk just very briefly about Patreon here, Brian. I, I don't want to get into full December Pledge Drive mode here, but um, I do want to do a couple quick thank yous. Um, I want to thank uh, – we have some uh, several new Patreons just in the last week. Um, I think a lot of people like took the like new year, new support the podcast uh, idea to heart. So we have uh, Babas Kuhn, uh, Tor Forland, Jeff Hoosby, Uh, or husby Uh, ben grant and james holland those are all new producer level patrons we have a new uh, lord Sorloth patron who is mark bell Uh, and then we have a few new Mbakani patrons as well that's shiv sukumar michael judson alex suarez and tobias johnson and brandon as we started recording this podcast we have a new patron my god samarth Ranga Vital has just become a new Lord Sorloth patron. This is happening in real time, Brandon. This so uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you to everybody. Um, I want to note that we we started a new. We, it's either going to be weekly or bi-weekly, depending on how uh, how you know. Well, we'll see how it goes. But it's a new podcast uh, specifically to answer uh cute like basically to answer questions from patrons we're calling it the kitchen table sessions uh because most of the time we'll be recording it on our kitchen tables once our family has gone to sleep um so that is uh we did the first one i i rec- there's there's solo podcasts it's gonna be either me or brandon um, and the first one uh, with me came out on Friday night um, and I go on for about 40 minutes. If you want to hear me answer a question from Tom Campbell about goalkeepers and then immediately start talking about whether David Louise can cover Marcus Alonso in terms of fantasy <laughs> I hear that. assets, uh, then you should go <laughs> listen to that. Uh, and you're planning to record one uh, this coming Thursday, right? So um, yeah. yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be
0: putting hot, out the call top. to our patrons uh, uh, sometime on Wednesday or Thursday morning for your questions. But yeah, there is, if you're a patron or soon to be patron there's a new rss feed that you can drop into any podcast app that you use and it's an exclusive supporter feed where you get all the regular podcasts all our kitchen table sessions and everything so it's just a great streamlined way now for you to get all those exclusive supporter podcasts
1: Yep, exactly. And then we have also another podcast, an exclusive podcast coming up. Uh, we're doing our, our first ever Patreon book club, uh, and it's for a book called The Italian Job, which is a comparison of uh, English and uh, Italian football cultures written by uh, Gianluca Vialli. It actually comes up in this Michael Cox book that I read last month. And uh, we're doing this in tribute to uh, producer Rafa Khan, who wanted us to do a podcast about Italian football. So um, we're excited to do that. And if you want to support the podcast or get access to these pods and and mini leagues and all, all the other contests that we're doing, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating.
0: Excellent, Josh. I think it's a good time to take a break. We're going to come back, and the theme this week is attack, 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 like we're Manchester United fans. We're going to talk about premium striker dilemmas and all of the big attacking assets that seem kind of fluid right now from Liverpool, City, Spurs, et cetera. So uh, we'll be right back.
1: All right, Brian, we're back. This week's theme, as you just mentioned, attack, attack, attack. Let's talk first about the premium striker dilemma. This feels like this is a very hot topic. I feel like this is something that a lot of people are um, debating, which is basically – do you want to have any premium strikers? Do you want to have one? Do you want to have two? Um, you know, it's can can uh, you know can you find a seven million striker that covers an eleven million one? So, uh, first question is from FPL Chancellor says uh, I've generally got away with no premium strikers this season, preferring a heavy midfield. However, I was punished badly by Aubameyang and Kane in game weeks eighteen and twenty one. Is it time to accept that we need one big hitter up top, regardless of midfield value? Um, then Emma FPL, so she's also um Ian Aguero as an alternative. So what do you think? Uh how many premium strikers do you have in your team right now? You have just one, right? Just just Obamayang?
0: Yeah, just one. Obamayang alongside Rashford and Jimenez. Uh Rashford has turned into a really good pick, but he's certainly not a premium striker. Uh he's just like a really great value striker at around seven million. Yeah. I do my personal feeling is Looking at what Kane and Ababomyang are doing right now, you have to have at least one of them. um I'm not sure if you can say you ideally have just one or you ideally have just both because i I think there you you have to have the discussion of how it's impacting your premium assets in the midfield, which you right. have both Kane and Ababomiang so you can speak to
1: that, but real real quick so I have I a just, Kane bombmiang and Sala, which is like so much money tied up in those three players. It's an incredible amount of money. So you really do have to think about it. But just looking
0: at the – what it comes down to for me is the consistency of the returns. And FPL is about goals and clean sheets. Marginally, it's about assists. And for just you, Josh, it's all about bonus points. I understand that. But um, it's about goals. And Aubameyang and Kane are leading the way. They're scoring them. I feel like you got to have one of these guys. Is Aguero an alternative? Speaking to Emma's question – uh, it kind of remains to be seen, and Jesus being healthy uh, was a, was a, an issue for Aguero at the start of last season. We saw some rotation. Aguero, there was no rotation at the start of the season, but Jesus was not healthy, exhausted, and severely out of form. Pep is using Jesus again, and I, I just have concerns about a, a, a Aguero's form coming back from his his little injury, and what's going on with that rotation there. So I'm all focused on OBS and Kane right now.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I just I don't really, I, yeah, I just don't really trust him in general, just as a as a fantasy asset. I mean, he's you know, yeah, Aguero. Just, costs, you're talking about uh, Aguero. Yeah, he just I feel like he costs he costs you know as much well, he costs as much as Aubameyang. He's a, I guess he's a little cheaper than. Than um, than Harry Kane uh, by about a million, he's 11.2 million. Yeah, so he has this you know this massive return in game week two, right? And he scores 20 points at home to Huddersfield in game week two. Now Huddersfield's not coming back to Man City this season, <laughs> right? So, so sadly <laughs> hasn't been as strong on the road. Has not had a double digit return since game week 11, and in fact only has two double digit returns on the season. You know that to me points to a player who. Just isn't very captainable, right? I mean, if you compare his, I don't want to go through all all the other players, but I, I you know, I'm certain that that and Kane and Sal all have, you know, many more double digit returns than than he does, right? Um, in fact, Abamie in particular is like a player who's just like you know super explosive, like sort of when he's in form. I uh, okay, now I can't resist looking. He has four double digit returns and he also he had nine in the last game week right the the famous goal assist no bonus point uh home match to fulham mm-hmm. um everyone was so like mad about him not getting like i was like that's whatever it is what it is you know like it he missed a lot of big chances but he got 9 points perfectly fine like I it's, was good, it's a it. good return he, he was on he was on two points in the 80th minute like it was yeah. it was amazing
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um so just pretend like he didn't yeah.
0: get an assist and that assist is your three bonus points and just live in denial i think that's the that's the only right. way i get out of bed these days
1: yeah i mean there was you know the moment at the end of man city liverpool where uh you know aguero was like just dead basically right like he wanted to be so him, him and, and company couldn't. were both waving their arms like no take me off no take me <laughs> exactly so that to me points to a player who's just yeah, okay obviously this is a, you know they're not going to be playing liverpool at home that often right it's a super difficult match um it requires a lot of a lot of a lot of stamina right He needs Delta to be very high in that match, Brandon. So, but, but yeah, I, anyway, to get back to my original point, I don't see him as a player who you can captain very often or who I would trust to captain very often. (laughs) And if you have an 11 million player that you don't trust to captain, I just don't think you can, I just don't think you want that. Right. I mean, I think you'd rather Aubameyang, Kane, and Salah are three players who I would captain in most game weeks. Right. I mean, Maybe not a, you know, Aubameyang plays away to Man City in four-game mix, right? Okay, I would not kept him in that one. But I'd probably kept him in virtually every other match, um, you know, or I, would, I wouldn't be shy about it at least.
0: Yeah. Um, the thing, that, an, another thing with Aguero too is looking at their midfield options. We have a, a couple of questions about City's midfield, uh, one coming from Red Dagger on our Slack. Can we get City Mids back now, please, having dumped both Sterling and Sonia last week for Hazard and Pogba? Um, which ones would you go with? Also, Rob Pick asks, have people moved away from Sterling and Sané too quickly? And uh, we're talking about Spurs with Kane. We're talking about Arsenal with Aubameyang. You kind of, you, you could argue you kind of only need one of these guys particu- from each team, particularly when you've got guys consistently scoring like that. So if you're looking at Sané and Sterling as consistently returning offensively for City, Aguero... Just feels surplus to her requirements.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really, I, so I have five very expensive players in my attack right now. Um, I have Salah, Sane, Pogba, Kane, and Aubameyang. And, and then I have Brooks as my fourth, uh, midfielder. I've got Jimenez as my third. Like, I feel like if I were wildcarding right now, this is the team I'd want, like pretty close to it, you know? Um, the whole thing though hinges on, whether I can get points out of uh, out of Matt Dougherty and Lucas Dean, right, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, I guess, if those three can offer me anywhere close to consistent returns, all three of them very inexpensive, and then Wambasaka Bissaka too, right. So mm-hmm. if if the if I I just think you know with, with clean sheets being kind of dead right now, like. If I can just get something out of those players, then then it's okay, you know. Um, and if I can't, then I'm going to have to start jiggering, you know, rejiggering that that attack to to put more money into the defense. And I just don't know right now. I mean, I really I don't know if I can if if it's going to work because just Wolverhampton are not keeping clean sheets, and it's fine as long as as long as you know Matt D can pick up the occasional goal you know but he has one you know no goals and, and one assist in the last five game weeks um you know they, they did pick up a clean sheet at home to bournemouth um you know he did pick up the assist away to spurs i mean he's it's fine to start him like there's at least a chance that he ends up playing this game week away to manchester city and i'm kind of okay with that like i could see him getting some kind of attack or turn in that game and they have this great run of fixtures so I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, but don't don't you see this as like a... The conversation is joint in my head. It's not really about the midfield to me. It's about the defense and whether, you know, I don't think uh, if I have a premium attacker, it's because I'm taking mm-hmm. money out of my defense to pay for them. It's not because I'm taking money out of my midfield.
0: Okay. Well, so so it seems like the for the purposes of this dilemma, it sounds to me <laughs> like looking at Chancer's question, Emma's question, FPL Queen also had the same question. The question is... How big do you go up front? Are you getting both Aubameyang and Kane as you have? And the listen to you talk, if you're going for two premium strikers, you're making compromises, um, noticeable compromises, particularly in your defense, maybe in your midfield. So, um, the answer to the question is probably you need at least one. And going with just one of these premium strikers and Kane or Abba, maybe Aguero, if you're looking for some kind of differential. Uh, that leaves you enough flexibility on the rest of your team. If you yep. go big with two premium strikers, you're gambling and you're going to have to make compromises and only time will tell. So that, that's kind of where we land on this one.
1: If we're debating Kane versus Aubameyang now, let's say we, we remove Aguero from the conversation. If it's just Kane versus Aubameyang. Uh which one do you prefer? I mean I guess you sort of made this choice of bringing in Yang. Are you still <laughs> yeah. do you still feel like he's the the preferred option going forward?
0: Yeah, I shot my shot with yang and I had some long-term questions with Kane and I, I think I'm a little too twitchy with Hungman Son and Son departing for the Asian Cup, what is that going to do? for spurs while he's away is that going to diminish their attacking potential and while i'm thinking about this you're also seeing the ascent of christian erickson and maybe Eriksen is actually coming into good enough form where he can keep that midfield pumping and keep kane was su- supplied with enough balls for him to right. score
1: four goals. four goals and one assist in his last five
0: matches i know so yeah, i'm 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 less down on Kane that I was well, than I was when I was really debating the transfer uh, with Kane and Abou and you look at Arsenal. They have two really tricky fixtures in game weeks 23 and 25 with Chelsea and City, and that City matches at the Etihad, which makes it even more daunting. On top of that, Arsenal against Fulham. Uh, their midfield has evaporated before our very eyes. They're just playing three defensive yeah. midfielders. You've got Guendouzi and Jaka and yeah. Um, yeah. Torreira all, all playing. So they both, with between Spurs and Arsenal, they both have doubts. But that said, there are just huge upsides with both of these strikers. They're both running for yeah. the golden boot. I'm not fearful of... of or I, I'm so I, not, feel like I feel like you
1: haven't feel like you have answered the question. If you if you want a wild <laughs> card right now, and you had to pick one or two, one of the two, which one would you pick?
0: Okay, just, so can I just pick one? I, I'll I'll put Kane first. I'll put Kane okay. first. But if you're talking about budget and saving that million for Aubameyang, I wouldn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Go for Aubameyang if it if it yeah. makes if it makes okay. the rest of your squad better
1: that's an answer with an effective hedge um i think that uh i think i agree with you there um i i actually think i think it is okay to have two i think that i mean I, you know there's a lot of different ways you can do it this year i think you could get away with, with none you know too. um i i don't want to do that because i really feel like Salah, abame and kane are in like if, I think they are very conscious of the golden boot rates that's taking place this year. I mean, even their managers, I feel like, are talking about how much they're like how, how important it is to score, how much they want to do it. And I, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it may take a back seat for Liverpool considering that they're chasing the title. But I think, you know, if, if it's going to be a two, you know, two team race near the end, then it could just be Kane and Aubameyang just going at each other, trying to score as many goals as they can down the stretch. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, Spurs aren't that far off the, the lead right now. Um, so I think that um, – I don't know. I just feel like – I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the Sun leaving could definitely affect Kane a little bit, although Kane doesn't need a lot of – I mean, we saw this actually at the end of the Cardiff match, right? I mean, a bunch of chances. He really could have scored an extra goal or picked up an assist in the last 20 minutes of that game after, after some went off. So I think that mm-hmm. – um, I mean, we took him what thirty seconds to score in the uh, uh, in the FA Cup match on oh, Friday. Geez.
0: Don't even I can't even talk about yeah, that. What I, a complete
1: yeah. joke! <laughs> was, um, but you know, so I, I think that um, the bull I mean, if there if you have two, if there are two strikers in the Premier League, and both of them are likely to score more than twenty five goals this season, which seems extremely likely given that we have given that what uh, Kane is on. He's on fourteen and a is on is Abamiang on fourteen as well. I think he I think is. He may be, yeah. So they're both on fourteen goals this season. They both have uh what seventeen matches left. Um I would expect both of them to get uh ten or more goals, you know, throughout the rest of the season. So um I don't know. I, I think it's you know, I think that you definitely want at least one. I think that I have two and I'm I'm planning to stay that way. There's a chance that I move a to Firmino at some point. Mm-hmm. Um I can't do that before an away match at West Ham. I just like yeah. to me this is just a beautiful, a captainable match for uh for a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, I, I feel like we're just talking in circles now. No, so let, I think let, we're, we're kind of in agreement. Yep.
0: Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Liverpool in a second, but let's round out the Manchester City chat. And we mentioned Red Dagger and Rob Pick with their questions about city midfield uh in an attacking sense. You still have Sane. I dropped Sterling for Hazard, but the trend over the last couple of weeks is uh, uh, aligning with Manchester City's dip in form. As we've all tossed these assets that seemed um, like must haves a month or two ago, how are you feeling about the city midfield right now? Sane feels like undroppable for you right now?
1: Yeah, I, he kind of does. Uh, I mean, I don't know why. I, I, I mean, scored again today. Um, you know, he was rested, then he came out, you know, with about, I think, about 30 minutes left and scored. Uh, in the match i mean he's he's 9.5 million he's 9.9% ownership so it's kind of a unique chance to have to be in the top 10k and have a player that's kind of a differential
0: yeah
1: um and they have three great fixtures coming up um they do play in the um they have a league cup match at midweek he's probably going to start in that uh but they are playing Burton Albion so i i i can't imagine He's going to play 90 super hard minutes in that match. Um, I mean, you know, maybe he plays 60 and, and comes off. So, you know, I expect him to start this weekend. Um, and then they play – so it's Wolves at home, Huddersfield away. I mean, Huddersfield away on game Eight Twenty Three. Um, You know, it's just a huge fixture for Man City last season. Um, you know, the uh, Champions League doesn't start up for another, you know, what, month and a half or so. So, um, you know, until until Ben Mendy comes back, I just feel like he's – He's he's been rested a fair amount, right? He got rested just a week or so ago uh, in game week twenty. He got rested today. Um, I you know I just really like him as an option. Um, I mean, what do you think about Leroy Sané?
0: I think he's great. If I so I moved off Sterling to jump on the uh, the Hazard train. Hazard, uh, yeah, yeah, first that's, time this come up
1: in this podcast.
0: That's a whole, that's a whole other podcast. Um, I'm not sure he fits into the attack discussion. Uh, Hazard at mm-hmm. this point. I'm not sure he's doing much attacking. I can't tell. Um, but <laughs> it, if I were to turn Hazard back into a Man City midfielder, I would go for Leroy Sané. Um, you know, it's it's really a fool's errand to try to predict between Sterling and Sané who's going to haul week to week. Sure. Uh, their performance against Liverpool shows that their heart is in this title challenge and that they – you know, it was a 2-1 scoreline, and it wasn't pretty at times, but they they can attack and they will attack. And uh, I, I think Pep just is all in on Sanai right now, at least up until the end of February, assuming Mendy yeah. keeps that, that course to come back from injury at that point. But he's going to play virtually every Premier League game, if I had to predict.
1: I mean, this guy just played, you know – arguably a a man of the match level or one of the, uh, you know, certainly worthy of a man of the match award, you know, at home to Liverpool, right? Biggest match of the season, scores a game-winning goal. So, uh, you know, the concerns about his flightiness, I think, have maybe been put to rest a little bit. Um, And, yeah, I just think that he's – I think there's always this worry about him. Is like, is he really stable in that team? Um, but I, you know, I think he is at least, at least going forward. So yeah, I'm really excited to have him in my squad. I mean, I don't have Eden Hazard. I am a little nervous about that going into this weekend, you know, I mean, at home to, at home to, um, Newcastle, I, I, you know, I could definitely see him doing well in that match, but you just, you've got to sacrifice something. I mean, you know, we talk about mm-hmm. all of these, all of these massive assets. I don't have Marcus Rashford either. And I, I wish that I did, you know, and you just, you can't have everybody. And so you just have to decide what combination, is the best, you know, what, if there's maybe 10 players that are like super potentially explosive assets, you know, which five of those 10 do you most want? And I feel like right now I've got that, I've got the combination I want. Um, but you know, that stuff can change too. I mean, I may feel differently in two weeks, you know, or someone's going to get a hamstring injury or something, (laughs) you know, anyway,
0: (laughs) A, a quick, a quick note of compassion and solidarity with all those Hazard owners out there. Um, we have to be in it for the long haul, uh like -hmm. you said josh he's got a really good season
1: keeper for you right
0: yeah i mean we when we were talking about hazard a couple weeks ago um and we were both sort of staying away from him because we can't you can't manage a hazard pick week to week he's just only going to work for you across the season so right i jumped in and i have to i have to see how it goes i have to see how it goes in the long term and yeah just give it a couple of more weeks and don't panic.
1: He's got some big matches coming up too. I mean home to Huddersfield, home to Brighton. Uh sorry, never rotates, so feels like he's going to be pretty stable in that team too. Yeah, right. Um you know, I mean you wonder if he might if he might wear down a little bit, which is something that that has happened to him in the past, but yeah. um I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating that it's playing. I mean obviously, you know, he had huge chances in both those matches. Um yeah, honestly, you do wonder. I mean, part of it could be that, you know, it's a positional thing a little bit too. I mean, you know, you can you can bemoan him not, you know how like how unlucky he got not to convert those chances, but maybe a, a player who's an actual polished striker does finish those chances off. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at look at the angle that Aguero found um, to score the first goal in the Man City Liverpool match. Right, that's what. a now I don't mean to compare Hazard to Aguero; they're very different players, but like, you know, an experienced striker knows. Where to put it, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think a I, probably could first those chances too. I do
0: agree with you there, but let's be clear that uh I don't know that there's anyone on Chelsea that's playing uh handy little balls like that into Hazard when he's in that position. <laughs> right So
1: he needs he needs two Hazards. He needs one Hazard to play <laughs> yeah, the other Hazard right, at the ball. All
0: <laughs> right,
1: let's let's move uh, on to right. Liverpool.
0: Yep. Uh, MJ, sure. MJB eighty six is asking about Liverpool. Uh, on-brand, attack, attack, attack. Mm-hmm. Liverpool double up. We're looking at Salah and Firmino maybe, Sala plus Mane. Awesome fixtures for yep. the rest of the season. Jeremiah Johnson on our Slack put it in a very interesting way, which we can uh, help guide our conversation. Uh, Jeremiah mm-hmm. says, up to this point, Liverpool have played a strategy of very tight defense and not an all-out attack, making hindsight to the first half of the season look like a double up on Liverpool defense plus Salah was the way to go. But here's where things are changing moving forward. Do you think that we still need to look at it that way? Or uh, maybe yeah. we just double up on Liverpool offense, thinking they're going to press a little more and try to score more goals here uh, with the run-in?
1: Well, I, I am considering Firmino. I mean, there's there's kind of like a – we had a podcast we did a long time ago with Richard Orford. Brian. It was like one of the first Patreon podcasts we did. And he said, you know, a good rule of thumb is to – uh, play player uh, is to bring in uh, it's just like a, a good like I think we all feel this way or, uh, we, like we all instinctively try to try to keep this in mind which is if you have you know defenders that are playing more like midfielders those are players you want if you have midfielders that are playing more like forwards you know like, like Salo is this season you could argue that you know Dougherty is playing kind of like a, a defender plays sort of like a midfielder too he's so attacking you know those are the kind of players you want my concern with Firmino is he's a forward who's playing as a midfielder, yeah. and is that I mean obviously they play like kind of a front three, but he has been he sort of ceded the forward space to to Mo So do I want to spend nine point two million for a forward who is kind of doing what Harry Kane has done a lot this season, <laughs> which is to drop you know drop back you know play as a central midfielder basically you know link up the play, try to play through balls to Firmino and Sala – you know i mean Firmino's numbers and aggregate on the season are actually not that bad it feels that way because he's never really been a you know like a prime fpl asset um you know but he's got eight goals and five assists in the season his ownership has actually ticked up to 17 percent which is a lot higher than i realized doesn't seem high to you i I think it it probably is, is high
0: going into game week 22 i do wonder if that's inflated with inactive teams who brought him in at the very start of the season
1: yeah, but surprisingly, he had. I mean, he had a hat trick in game week twenty, and his own, he didn't even drop. He didn't go up one, like even point one after that. Yeah, um, you know, if anything, he actually, he actually dropped seventy thousand after that, which is very strange. That, that is peculiar. Uh, I, yeah. I wonder if
0: that's people actually no. would no, have been
1: going into that game week. I'm sorry, right. anyway, go ahead.
0: I, I think people are just really realizing the necessity of Mo Salah right now, and that's the priority, and probably taking a, a bit of the attention away from Firmino. And yeah. I I agree with you in that there is uh, both with Mane and Firmino um, that it's just not consistent enough. Whereas um, Liverpool's defense, I think, will continue to be the best defense in the league throughout the rest of the rest of the season, and yeah, uh, clean sheets we can bank on them. What what I'm trying to figure out right now is not to go for Fino, Firmino or Mane; it's to go for. Trent or Allison for a Liverpool defensive double up. I am targeting the Liverpool defensive double pretty hard, and it's going to be happening for me in the next two to three weeks for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that is a a great way to go. I mean, at 5.2 million, Trent represents great value still. Uh, When you look ahead to uh, the – okay, so the thing about Liverpool is I do think that we'll see a lot of rotation in about 10 weeks' time. Right, like when they're like assuming that they are still in the thick of it in the Champions League, um, you know, and you know if they make if they make a run in the FA Cup, things like that. But I think until like the middle of March or so, especially you know, especially with um, with um, Gomez still out, um, I, I think that you know Trent's going to have a nice long run, and the fixtures look very good for Liverpool. So I'm with you there. I mean, I. I would like to bring an Allison. I don't know how I would do it right now, but I would love to have Allison in my squad.
0: Yeah, and with Klein going out, there's and Gomez injured through, looks like throughout the rest of January, there's no one else to play in that position where Trent is. So he, he looks yeah. really, really solid. All right, so um, Spurs will round out our attack discussion. Tacoma Toffee, Erickson to cover Tottenham during Suns' absence. Also, FPL Aardvark chimes in. Who is the chosen one to replace... The mighty sun. I saw you responded to somebody on the Hail Cheaters Twitter account, Josh. Somebody asking, mm-hmm. should I just hang on to Sun
1: through the Asian Cup? Mm-hmm. What yeah. was your what was your yeah. response? Uh don't do that. Yeah, that was, you, you can't. He's just he's he's too expensive. And I mean, he's like, you know, it's like your second or third most expensive midfielder. You know, you just can't, you can't hold him for how many weeks is it going to be it's gonna be at least what three or four game weeks yeah um you know just just bring him back when he comes back you know that that seems perfectly reasonable um i don't know what about erickson though i'm not Uh, i'm
0: not really keen on erickson he's just too for what i expect i mean you mentioned his form uh, a couple minutes ago yeah But for what you're going to expect from him nine plus million is too expensive particularly when you've got harry kane who's in form, if you want to target anyone in the Spurs attack, I just think it's Harry Kane or nobody right now.
1: Yeah, I kind of with you there. I mean, you know, Paul Pogba is a million cheaper than Erickson, and I feel like he kind of is playing. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see how these, this injury affects him. I think he'll be fine. I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about this injury. But if they're playing like Huddersfield at home, I might be worried. But because they're playing Spurs away, I just I can't imagine he's mm-hmm. he's not going to play yeah, in this I match. You know, so, yeah, I just feel like that's where I would be. I'd be looking at at, at Pogba. I'd be looking at uh, Sane. I mean, if it was a straight swap between, um if you had, let's say, in a million um despair and you were swapping Sun out, um so I would rather go Sun to Sane than I would Sun to Ericsson.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, totally agree, uh, 100%. Just on, on Pogba, I saw the news. This will probably be outdated by tomorrow, but uh the team united's first team flew to dubai for some warm weather training and pogba did not travel but there was some rumor that he'll be joining them in dubai or he's he's getting he's getting set for the weekend's match i think
1: exactly i think the club even clarified that he will be joining them later this week so i yeah i think he'll play i mean you know he was able to play the rest of that match um you know after the after the tackles from John Joe Shelby. <laughs> oh, John Joe. All right, Brad, let's take a quick break and we're going to get back and we're going to do a quick lighting round and talk about game week 22.
0: It's 2019. It is a new year, new year, Josh, new games. It's your time to try starting 11. Starting 11 is a live premier league fantasy app that you can play for free or cash prizes on your phone if you have an ios or android device you can play starting 11 now play it any day in which what else
1: what else are there if you don't have an ios or android what kind of phone do you have you like, a, am, I just, am I being what's like the, snobbish what's here? What's the Zune like...
0: operating system? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: basically, it's, if you it's just
1: those. It's just those two, right?
0: <laughs> if you have a Motorola Razor, you might be out of luck. Uh, but listen, right. Starting yeah. Eleven is a game for the future, so get with, get hit to the times. Download the app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Here's how you play. Any day there are two or more Premier League matches, Josh, you can pick your best 11-man squad. You're starting from scratch. You have no budgetary restrictions. You jump into a competition in which you can play for cash or you can challenge your friends to play uh, that day. Or now you can join mini leagues. Starting 11 has set up mini leagues that you can join or you can start your own mini league with friends. And that's a great way to play over numerous days and keep track of who's doing what throughout the course of the season.
1: Yep. it's And it's just you know, one the only thing that's, that, that's really nice about it too. I mean, not only can you play for cash, which is just very uh, personally th- thrilling to me uh, because I, I do love to gamble. Uh, I think I've talked about that a couple thousand times in this podcast. Uh, but I also think it is another way to reassess some fantasy assets. It's just there's something about having a player in your squad that I think makes you Sort of track them more closely in a game You know it's like no one really watches offensive Line play in the NFL you know it's like You just it's hard to watch a You know it's hard to really focus on a Midfielder that you only want to target for your team until You actually have them in your squad and feel more invested in them So you know uh, if you want to just try Out starting 11 see if it's for you um, Maybe that's one perspective is just like how do I Look how do I have fresh eyes when I Evaluate some of these uh, fantasy assets
0: Outstanding so yeah download the Starting 11 app cash games are Live in the UK US Canada and Germany for your iPhone. If you have an Android, cash games are live in the UK or just pick up and play the app for free wherever you are. Visit starting11.io for more details and helpful video tutorials on how to get the most out of the app. Josh, don't waste your time and money gambling on things you don't understand. This game is just like FPL. Be smart, participate in a game that you do understand.
1: Brian, we're back. Lightning round—a short lighting run this week, really. A promise. We actually short this time. First question—I'll answer for thirty seconds or less. Brian, we've never broken this rule. We never, we never plan to. Not, not uh, this FPL year, anyway. Ant says not this year. Uh, not in twenty nineteen. Uh, FPL Ant says, "Who is the best replacement for Danny Ings? Is it Ashley Barnes?" Uh,
0: this question kind of makes my tummy rumble a little bit. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Got a couple of interesting suggestions from FPL hype. Uh, Troy Deeney is back in form for Watford. And if, if you're looking at these teams like Lacadia is another suggestion on Brighton. Talk about Barnes, Lacadia, Deeney.
1: Watford is probably. They all suck. <laughs> yeah, give me a break. Like, just like you, you just, you if you want a replacement that, that offers you any, either you change your formation and you go down to like a 4.5 mid, like, or 4.5 forward, like Kamara, or, um, I don't even know. Like, that's pretty much it, right? Um, Isaac's success. Then you, then you Isaac's success, right? I think did did he score today? I think he's have scored for for Watford. I know he started anyway. Um, if you can, you go that route, or you just have to spend an extra million, right? And you just have to, you know, like, you know, you could bring in Jimenez, right? I mean, Jimenez is only, you know, what point eight more, um, six point four million, great value, great fixtures. Uh, if you can get like one point five million more, then you could bring in uh, Marcus Rashford. Again, excellent fixtures maybe outside of the Spurs game, um, but excellent fixtures in great form. He's on free kicks apparently, um, at least he was until Alex, Alexis Sanchez came back. Um, even Marco Arnautovic, right, six point nine million. Just I would I would rather get the more expensive player that that is going to offer something like consistent returns. I mean, the problem with Danny Ings is he's a good player, but he can't stay healthy. He just can't do it. Yeah. Right, he can't go more than two game weeks without pulling up. And, and probably actually, that's kind of Arnie's problem as well. Um, and then there is all this talk about. Um How they were being overly cautious by subbing him the twentieth minute, but the reality is they 're overly cautious because this guy can 't stay healthy, you know yeah and it 's the same it 's the same thing with Ng. so if you want to play a third forward if you 're going to play a three three person front line, then you 're just going to have to bring in someone who costs more than six million, <laughs> and there 's just no There's just no good alternatives under $6
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's no easy answer to this in terms of a budget guy because, yeah, it's just all a crapshoot. FPL president asks, Everton haven't done well lately but still have good fixtures over the next five. Richarlison, Siggy, Dean, buy, sell, hold. So we're both Dean owners, Josh, and uh, you were mentioning – Earlier, it would be nice to get something from dean that isn't a worldly maybe a, maybe just a freaking clean sheet <laughs> like, once in a while
1: uh just one i know uh I, honestly i don't really know why they can't do it i mean it's it, the central defenders have been letting them down but they're good players you know they're they're good dogs brandon it's just like <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what the deal is here yeah you've got keen and, and zuma and mina and, Pickford and goal it's, it's like Pickford and goal, uh, you know, Colm it, it just it feels like they haven't got enough reps or something. It's like they need to play the same defense yeah. for like, Agreed. for You know, just settle on yeah. a back four and then just play them consistently for a few weeks. I guess they're kind of doing like a, they were doing a three, they were doing three at the back for a while too, right? I mean, I don't, I don't really know if that was working. I mean, they've lost the last two matches, so. Um, I don't know. It's I, I think they've I think it's actually shifted the, the formation a few times. So I don't know. I'm, I'm holding the faith of Dean. I actually think that Richarlison is a player who's a little under the radar right now. Yeah. Um, I thought that um, he blanked in the last two matches, and if you if all you're doing is looking at um, those two blanks and you didn't watch those matches, you may not know that he should have like three goals mm-hmm. in the last two games. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he absolutely should have scored in that Brighton match. Um, had an amazing chance at the end of the Leicester match, right? Like, it you know, should have been a goal uh, right near the end of that game. So, um, I don't know. I feel I feel pretty good about him. And he keeps dropping in value. You know, he's, he's concerned with Richarl- he's Dropping, you know, by his standards. This is
0: not the first time that Richarlison has done this. He did this last season at Watford where he – came out early season, was banging him in, looked really great, and just uh, disappeared in the second half of the season. I mean, he's obviously yeah, a but, young, talented player, and he's growing. And Right. Uh, but
1: but what I'm saying is I think that's that's the narrative that seems to be building here. But I'm saying that he has actually been really consistent for most of the season. He's got nine goals in the year, and you know, he scored three in five matches um, before these last two blanks. Um, and he just, he really should have scored in these matches. And I feel like last year when he was at Watford, he was, he was pouting, he was drifting out of matches. I mean, he ultimately started coming off the bench because he just couldn't be trusted. Um, I just don't think that's the player that we're seeing this year, you know? So I don't know. I like, I am very much in favor of Richarlison as, as a player to buy, even though there might be a blank coming up for Everton and I think Game Week twenty seven. Um I think it's fine to bring someone in if, even if you only can play them for five weeks and you're gonna drop them shortly thereafter. Yeah, he um I think he's a sneaky captain option at home this week to Bournemouth too.
0: I think he's uh I mean he's honestly on my short list of transfers for Hungman's son. And mm-hmm. uh the reason to do that is the the savings that you would make in right. that, that I don't feel like you're assuming Rashford or assuming where is able to put some attacking returns together, you're not giving up too much right. in terms of attack, but you're and the, yeah, compared to the, the money. The, you're surest,
1: gonna the surest sign that I think that's a good transfer is I don't want you to do that transfer. Like when you mentioned <laughs> that, I was like, Oh, I hope he, I hope he doesn't do that uh, because I think that's actually a really good move. Yep. Um, all right, James Q says, "Is it time to start taking money out of our benches? A strong fifteen's been important for the Christmas period, but with the schedule returning turning to normal by the way, it really didn 't right for like the fiftieth consecutive season. Um, like there was really no rotation Much to do about nothing. Of these clubs yeah, I think we all had to dig one spot into our bench a couple times, um, but with the schedule returning to normal, should we go budget on the bench, invest the money into the first team? Uh, if so, who are your favorite enablers?" Well, we talked about uh, Jason Punchin earlier. Um, Obviously, you know, I think that um, other, you know, the fourth and fifth defensive spots are a great spot to find some enablers. Um, I think that Juan Basaka is still very decent value, right? I think he is, what, 4.4 million now? So still pretty cheap, right? I mean, cheaper than a 4.5 million defender. um, You know, pretty good. Yeah,
0: him and Johnny at Wolverhampton, who's still 4.3, I think is great. And, Bennett still who's who's uh moving up in value you know I'm not I'm not going to suggest mm-hmm. that you want to play both Wolves defenders at once because they've been having trouble keeping clean sheets but these are guys who are guaranteed minutes that you can sit on your bench uh for cheap money yep. and you know they're going to play and that's really the point that's I I agree with James and uh, I'm I'm not sure that we changed our thinking going into the festive period where we had to get you know all-star players on our bench who can even afford that but yeah, mm-hmm. I I think it's the right move to look for the cheapest possible playing option on various teams just to pad your bench.
1: Yeah, I brought in Kiko Feminia to fund a Paul Pogba move a few weeks back. And um I actually he didn't start once when I planned to start him, but he's only four point two million. I think he's pretty stable in that squad. Um, I guess it's an open question whether you can get any clean sheets out of Watford's defense. Um <laughs> You know, you might be maybe better off just spending $4.8 on Holoboss. But if you're not going to play them at all anyway, right, if you're only going to play them once every five game weeks or something, then sure, I think he's fine at $4.2
0: Yeah, I think if you have the money, bringing in a guy like David Brooks for Bournemouth is the exact type of player that... Uh, <laughs>
1: David, yeah. The wonderful David Brooks. Yeah, it's true. He's a Spanish legend in the making. Uh, a big, I'm a big, big fan of him. Um all right, Brandon, next question. Uh, ben Miller says – actually, I think it's Ben Millar says, how bad is it taking hits at this point in the season to chase points? Um, I don't
0: think it's – did we talk about this a little bit uh, last episode where I was last kind week? of – I was a little more bullish on burning, burning points here or there in lieu of playing your second half of the season wild card? I think – yes." I I think it's I
1: argue the I argue the other side. Yeah, of it.
0: but I, I do think it's worth taking a very um, indiscriminate look at your team. Where is your team now, and where do you want it to be? Say next game week, two, three game weeks from now, and what do you need to do to get there? And if you feel like you're a little behind, and there is a way to get exactly where you want to be by taking a minus four over the course of two or three weeks, maybe even a minus eight, I'm fine with that. On the whole, I I do agree, best Mm -hmm. practices, SOP, standard operating procedure, do not burn points. Uh, It is a very difficult thing to have come off, particularly in the short Mm -hmm. term. But if you're applying this to a long-term
1: strategy, uh, I I, I can't say no. Right, but if you're looking long-term, then you can usually do it without burning points. You know, you can just, you know, you can just make moves that are geared towards freeing up cash to make those without – I don't know, but I mean, I, I do hear what you're saying. I do, I do agree with you. I think in general, unless you're dealing with an injury crisis, uh, I don't think burning points is the way to go. I've made fewer points hits than I ever have this season, and I'm just I feel like I've, I've made like a full conversion to not burning four and just staying with players, even when they have bad fixtures, even when they have a bad run. As long as you feel like you've got someone who's reasonably. Who's who's you you know who's reasonably expected to start and who is reasonably talented, um you know and if they have those two things going for them then then I I think you know even if you want to transfer them out at some point I would rather wait and do it with a free transfer so I'm
0: looking at my uh, transfer uh, right. history right yeah. now and I have five game weeks in which I made zero transfers I have two mm-hmm. two game weeks in which I burned four uh mm-hmm. it's interesting but those two game weeks have have both come in the last. Uh, five game weeks. So, um, I, I, I think I did find myself a little bit in a hole that I needed to dig myself out of. And maybe it, by virtue of me panicking, I ended up burning four in game week 17, four again in game week 19. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm looking at my squad and I feel like it did me some favors.
1: Yeah, the Game Week 19 one, I think more more so. I mean, it's not like it never works. I just think it's risky, you sure. know, and it often doesn't come off. You know, it's it's just a it's a it's a big gamble and I prefer not to do it if I if I can avoid it. So um all right, final question, Brandon, comes from FPL Govna it says if you're trying to catch up rank, is it worth considering differentials for each position, or do you go for the most owned players in the game instead?
0: This question comes up a lot and I find it uh, to be really interesting. Um Mm -hmm. Because it's, I mean, it just, it comes up a lot because people are often thinking about what do I have to do to catch up? And I think the answer that we both ultimately settle upon is don't get caught up in differentials. What you need to do is focus on the players that are good, the players that are in form. And even if other people that you're trying to catch have them, you need them just to keep pace where you'll make your differential is on the margins. Uh, your your yep. fourth midfielder, your third striker. And you know, don't 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 get worried if it if your if your marginal differentials aren't working week to week. What you need them to yeah. do is do something for you like once every six weeks. And and that's how you're gonna yeah. catch up by game week thirty-eight.
1: I also think the other side of that is true. I, I don't really worry about ownership either, um, until a player maybe gets above 50% ownership, you know. Even someone like Hazard, you know, his ownership is pretty high right now. It's it's even higher than the top 10K. But it's it's still not so high that, you know, everyone in, everyone in the fantasy land is going to jump past me. It's at 38%. I think Mo Salah is a player whose ownership is, you know, is he's at 42%. I guess, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't know, actually have a number in my head that's like, what's a cutoff for being so highly owned that I have to have them? I mean, I feel like Sergio Aguero around game week five or six. 75%.
0: Yeah.
1: Like 50% though, right? If a player is 50% owned, I'm I'm starting to feel a lot of pressure to have them in my team. Now, I wouldn't – I don't want to view it that way because Mm -hmm. if a player is owned that high, it means that there is a player who is – I mean, it 's not like you know the, a player's not going to blank for five game weeks in a row and be only fifty percent of the league you know it 's like to get to get that high you 've already got to be pretty established you 've got to be one of the biggest clubs you know you 've got to be you know which just kind of gives you like a built in high ownership percentage that 's why man united 's players are always super highly on when they're having bad seasons. You know, well, so funny I think thing, that, um, Wayne Rooney
0: is actually at uh 50% ownership right now in the game.
1: <laughs> it's a Rune pick. That's exactly. That's exactly my point, Brandon. <laughs> so, um yeah, I think that uh, I mean, what about you? Is it is, do you think about ownership like when you when you make a transfer?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, Sané was an interesting example that you brought up earlier who's knocking just knocking on the door of 10% ownership, which is kind of insane for a player that's been in such great form recently. Um Yeah. The thing, ownership just kills you on those particular game weeks where you don't have Salah and he and he's captained by everyone who does and he gets a hat trick. And that just right. buries your rank. And those those are like the emotional hurdles I find really difficult to get over.
1: I actually think you raise a great point here, Brandon, which is that it matters more in a season where there are fewer captain options, right? So Eden Hazard would be a player that I'd be absolutely terrified not to have if I thought that everyone... And their mother was going to captain him this game week, but I think coming off two blanks in a row, I think it's going to be very hard for a lot of people to go ahead and captain him. Yeah. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you feel the same way, yeah. you know, and I, I think a lot of people do. And so, if a player is is highly owned, but they're not being captained, then I feel like I can I can I can handle that hit, you know. I mean, even if he gets 13 points or something like that's a that's a you know, I mean, it's not like I have zero to 13. Like in theory, someone like Paul Pogba can maybe get close to that you know um but it's it's when they're all getting captained and and it's 26 points you know that it really starts to hurt you so um but you know this season there's just so many different captain options that i think that it's not as much of a concern Well, the
0: lightning round clock on this question is at 28 seconds so do you have anything left (laughs) that you want to say about differentials
1: no i think we've we've given it our all brandon game week 22 should we talk about that briefly. Yeah, it starts on Saturday. You talk uh, about January the FA 12th. Cup.
0: You talk about the FA Cup break like it's this um, epic international break level time off. We've really earned it after a, a hectic festive fixture. But All frankly, right. I, I still don't feel like we've had a break. So this is game week twenty-two oh. swiftly upon us.
1: I feel the same way. It like does not. Yeah, you know, it barely barely feels like a break, uh, especially because there's there matches on a weekend too. So yeah. it doesn't feel like we've had a, a huge break. Although it's been kind of nice to have matches on, just sort of pleasantly. I haven't watched a single one of them. Yeah. Um, I've just been sort of pleasantly tracking them on on ESPN and. Uh, and the conversation on social media, I'm like, oh, that's that's nice, you know. <laughs> it's sure. nice that nice that this is all happening. And there's been a bunch of bit upsets today. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, Brendan, that does bring us to game week 22. Uh, who do you see as your captain going into this game week? Just just to get that out of the way.
0: Yeah. First dilemma I see is captaincy because one of the most appealing options is West Ham Arsenal, Aubameyang, even though he's away from home. The problem is it's the first it's the first kickoff of the game week and everyone hates captaining the first kickoff of the game week, because that could definitely ruin your day, your whole weekend. (laughs) Um, But, but Arsenal does really jump out Chelsea at home to Newcastle. You're talking about Hazard people being scared off captaining Hazard because he's blanked two weeks in a row. This will be the ultimate test for Hazard owners. Can you resist or do you have the guts to captain? All right. Bizarrely. So
1: on your on your bus, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, Brandon, who is your bus team captain?
0: Yeah, bus team as registered trademark and uh, originated on the Always Cheating podcast. Never forget that. On my bus, that's true. On
1: my bus team, we, we should we, we should just make that our Twitter bio, right? We we came up with the term bus team, <laughs>
0: yeah, which is which is kind of amazing that we came up with that because neither of us, truth be told, have ever been hit by a bus, believe it or not. But I'd never even seen a bus. Yeah, I don't even
1: know what they. What look is like. a bus? So, that, so that's that extreme. My
0: yeah. bus team currently, the armband is on Abalmeida, and my vice captain okay. is Eden Hazard.
1: Interesting. Okay. Wow my my captain is on Mo Salah, and my vice captain is on Leroy Sané so wow talk about, that's a, <laughs> talk that's about a real some spread on there. the podcast that is a that's what i'm saying there's a huge spread this year i think Harry Kane at home man united is a perfectly viable captain option uh i think that Aubameyang is as well um i guess that's it i guess i feel like i have four captain options i wouldn't captain Pogba way to spurs like the uh, David David Brooks um, yeah, I think that um, you could make a I, – I just think Salah just – I just I, I don't think he'll I, – I guess it depends on if he plays tomorrow away to Wolves. Are they away to Wolves? I can't remember if they're away or home to Wolves in the FA Cup. But I think he'll get a rest. I don't know why you'd play him in that match. No, no, Honestly, no. I just feel like this is like a match where Liverpool could secretly like eh, – just like <laughs> – you know. Like maybe they lose, you know, <laughs> like who cares? Uh, I mean, they're, they're fighting for the champions league and the, and the league this year, you know? So um, I, don't, I don't, I don't know. Like they don't have this, they don't have this, like, the man city level squad depth where they can just fight for four cups this year. Um, so I would love to see a clock play like a third, like a, you know, a C team uh, on Monday. Yeah, I, But um, I just, yeah, I just love Salah's form and um, the Amex, its reputation for being a difficult stadium, I think, has been a little overblown. Um, I mean, they've kept what, one clean sheet in the last 10 or 11 hey, matches. I, we were first...
0: present for one of those clean sheets, Josh.
1: That is true. That is true. Uh, the, the famous Glenn Murray game. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, I, I just. I just – you know, I just really trust him right now, and I I don't have like a clear sense of who the best captain is. So when in doubt, I just want to captain the best player, and that's Mo Salah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's sensible logic. I, mean, I don't know why I haven't really considered Salah in my thinking, but there you go. There is definitely a <laughs> chance for for me to get for me to get buried. Yeah. So I mean, let, let's talk about this a little bit more, though. Aubameyang convince me to switch off of Aubameyang.
1: I just made a very clean, compelling case for Salah, but I'm not going to do it again. I think that No, I no, no, that, no, okay, yeah, so let yeah. me
0: rephrase. Don't don't convince me to go Mo Salah. Why mm-hmm. why not Aubameyang?
1: Well, I, to me it's just who's the best. I mean, you know, Sané is is my vice there just because I mean, I think he's probably going to play in the um, in the in the League Cup at midweek, but they don't actually play until Monday. Um, they play Wolves on Monday, January 14th. So plenty of time for him to rest in that match. And I just, mm. I mean, anytime you can have a Man City player at home, for me, it's just a process of elimination thing. I think it's less about bombing and more about having other options I like more. I, 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 you know, just make, I mean, honestly, it makes complete sense to, to play him as well. I think maybe because it is that early match, it sort of throws me off a little bit. Although I said before, you know, when when Kane got the or when uh, Salah got the hat trick away to Bournemouth, I mean, the beauty of captaining a player in that early fixture is if they if they do well, then you get to sort of just sit back for the next two or three days uh, and just yeah. enjoy the matches because you've just nailed the most important you know part of your team that week.
0: Mm. I'm thinking I might go Hazard here. Okay. Wow. Mm. All right, I'm changing my bus team, changing my bus team here Uh-oh. on the pod. Okay, just for the heck of it. Of course, this is not as exciting as somebody like making a live substitution on a podcast. Right. But yeah, you, you remember
1: know. how I said Ch- before? Remember how I said before that when you were talking about bringing in Charlson, I was like, I, I hope you don't do that. Uh-huh. When you when you said that you were switching <laughs> the captaincy to Hazard, I was like, yes, I'm glad he's doing that. So uh, take take from that, take from that what you will. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, all it's right, going to be a wild yep. one. I really, I really yep. don't know what yep. to make
0: of game week 22. I think it's, we just, we just had a heck of a lot of fun with the festive fixtures culminating in just the most epic match of the season with city and Liverpool. There's no mm-hmm. way that game week 22 isn't nothing but a letdown.
1: <laughs> Thankfully we had the FA Cup to break things up a little bit. So it wasn't like it didn't lean right into it. Um, it's going to, fe- it's going to feel like, a, like, like you said, it's like half an international break. Before Um, we go, Josh, you, you, uh, you promised a very
0: boring transfer that you're considering making a goalkeeper transfer. Let's talk about that.
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm considering a move to, to bring in, um, Roberto Firmino, possibly, I don't know. I really don't want to do it. I I don't want to drop a bombing. And so I, I just it's like I want someone to get injured or something, you know. So I have these two you want somebody else I to make the to, decision for yeah, you, so, exactly, exactly. So I think right now I look at my team and I, I have two issues. One is one is David Brooks, who um, who I like, but now that I am looking ahead at Bournemouth's fixtures, I am just a little worried about yeah. whether he, I can get enough from him if I am going to have to start him every single game week. And so yeah. the way to 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 make him make him into a better player would be to downgrade. Abamyang into um um into Firmino and then that would free up 2 million and then I could move Brooks to someone like uh like Richardson. Um the other you know the other, but the, so the other problem I have is I I really don't like my either of my goalkeepers this weekend and I feel like I've been wanting to dump Fabianski for a while. I think a lot of people who have Fabianski feel that way, um, and he's it's just—he's it's not even racking up like quite enough saves to make up for the fact that they just can't keep clean sheets. So I'm considering because I have these two transfers, just burning one transfer this week on a goalkeeper transfer, and then saving two for next week's podcast. Um, but you know that just opens up the question of which goalkeeper would I want? Um, you know, like it's Angus Gunn is sort of tempting mm-hmm. at Southampton. Um, you know, Guita. I mean I have, I'll have him in so it doesn't need to be in every game week person anyway. Yeah, Goita is possibly an option there as well. They have a pretty decent run of fixtures. Um, I do think that Goita keeps a spot over Hennessy. I mean, they brought him in yeah. last summer to to be the starter I just don't think he'd earn the spot. It's kind of like it's kind of like burn Leno, you know. So, uh-huh. um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would want as a rotative, rotatable keeper. Um, I guess you could bring in Button for a couple of weeks. I don't know. It's just like, you know. <laughs> what a ridiculous, what a ridiculous keeper name. Oh, Button. The the other option, I guess, would be to, um, to just hold off on that, turn a bombing into Firmino after this game week, and then upgrade one of my keepers into allison that might be actually the the way to do it um so i don't know we'll see it's just i have to decide whether i want to drop a bombing or not i i, I don't really want to um but i just have to decide whether you know whether brooks can be good enough to hold on to you know and if so then i, I guess i'm willing to just throw away a transfer possibly
0: you hear that brooks the pressure's on
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly or move i don't know move uh hoiberg to Puncheon or something to free yeah. up a little extra money
0: Yeah, I'm looking, uh, the next move I want to make is Sun out for another midfielder. So I think I'm going to keep Sun for game week 22, roll my transfer, and then do a little bit of surgery in game week 23.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right, Brandon, that's the podcast. Um I am I'm getting knocked on the door here, so I gotta I gotta wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up. You can become a patron, support the podcast at patreon.com slash always cheating. As we mentioned, we have a new podcast here as patrons. We also have a second half league. We have our suicide league, which is down to its final 10 going into this this upcoming game week, Brandon. So uh that is gonna be pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh we have a lot of producer thank yous. Um I'm gonna try to read through them um I'm gonna, no, I'm not gonna read through them quickly, but I'm gonna give them the respect they deserve. If I happen to be reading them quickly, it's because I talk quickly myself, okay? Okay. Mike DePetro, Stephen Timmy, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lindy Granley, Chris Howell, Rafai Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailford, Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., Trevor Ingerson, Chris Carter, Debate Gaffer, Danny Evans, Babas Kuhn, Torr Ferland, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, and James Holland. Thank you to all of our producers, Brendan. We're going to have to figure out how to read those moving forward.
0: We're going to have to get the Micro Machine Man in here.
1: Thank you so much moving forward, especially to Danny Evans, Bobas Kuhn, Tor and Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, and James Holland, who um, have just uh, become producers in the last two game weeks. It's uh, very much appreciated. That's uh, got can... to be Jeff
0: Husby. That's got to be Jeff Husby. He's from my old stomping grounds in Metro Detroit. That's, that's a very Midwestern pronunciation, Husby. I, yeah,
1: I guess I was thinking of John Houston. You know, that's, that's where I was going with the Husby. Okay. So, uh, Brennan, where can people subscribe to the podcast?
0: Yeah, if you're listening to the podcast and you're not already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, ACAST, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Give us a uh, five star review on iTunes if you'd be so kind. That does help the pod. Follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters, Facebook at Always Cheating. Send us an email if you have lengthier questions or just want to keep it private down low hailcheaters at gmail.com. For all this information and more, just visit alwayscheating.com.
1: Yep, and uh, good luck out to everybody this game week. Uh, we will be back with uh, a new podcast. I guess we'll do it after the Man City um, Wolves game, right? We, that's, that game is too big to do a podcast before, so.
0: Excellent. So we will see you in about eight days, guys. And in the meantime,
1: Poku forever. Hail Sorloff. Maybe he'll finally get some minutes, maybe in the championship. <laughs> Wait, did he get a move? No, but he should. He should move. He should agitate for a move to Sheffield United. That's You've probably. made my
0: heart stop. You stopped the podcast <laughs> by making my heart stop. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>